everybody has toxic thoughts and I think sometimes you need to entertain them and process them so you can move into the healthier space. Hi, welcome back to Friend Crush. I'm your host, Amber Akilla. This is my podcast slash video series where I talk about stuff and things, cute, chaotic and critical thinking. I'm still in Perth at the time of recording. Oh my god. Oh yeah, also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc, etc. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, like, comment, you know the drill. Anyway, oh and then Instagram at friend.crush if you want to send me specific questions, feedback, etc. Also you can just send it to my main account. I try my best to reply when I can or consider like the questions that you send me in videos whether it's on TikTok or YouTube. I hope everyone is doing well. I am like trying to recalibrate my sleep schedule at the moment because honestly my sleep schedule before is just not not a vibe and I feel like you know over the holiday season it's kind of understandable a lot of things going on or a lot of not many things going on so you're kind of not being as disciplined at least I wasn't being as disciplined and I think like now that I'm in Perth and also kind of putting pieces together for the next few months I'm just not going to be able to survive it if I don't make sure that I get enough sleep and I'm feeling a little bit out of it right now it's like three in the afternoon I was up at like 6 30 because I went to Pilates at seven I can't remember the last time I was anywhere at 7 a.m um and it was really hard today like my muscles still hurt so I also went to therapy today and made a really big lunch so I think maybe now I'm like digesting slash due for a nap after I record this anyway today's episode I'm going to like go through some of the questions that I've gotten recently I'm probably only going to have time to go through like two of them because the questions are really long and I think the answers are going to be long too and yeah I'm just going to try to give you my thoughts and perspective I think that ultimately you know what I learned from my therapy session today is that we are always looking for ways to like rationalize or understand our experience and try to come up with like a neat little package that we can put especially the negative things that we experience into like a digestible sort of way for us to I don't know process or understand them and I think sometimes you know that's like a natural process that I think is normal to go through and it can be helpful to do that too but at the same time it just is what it is you know and I think that we're so easily manipulated into things because we want to have a reason or an explanation for everything and sometimes you know this is why I always return to I just want to be hot and have fun because I spiral or I deep dive a little too deep or for a little too long and there's really like nothing that I get from putting myself in that like mental or emotional state for longer than I need to be so I think that yeah it's just about I mean more and more I realize it's about like oscillating between all these different states and finding some kind of balance like spending more time and energy in the areas that 
bring you joy and that help you to feel connected to yourself and to other people. And then embracing the times when you're facing challenges and difficulties and trying not to let, trying not to push against the limit where like a little healthy dose of anxiety becomes like a overwhelming amount of anxiety that hinders you. If that makes any sense, you know, it's not that the anxiety in and of itself is bad. It's like the degree to which you allow it to affect you or the degree to which it affects your decision-making in a way that prevents you from being authentic or prevents you from making the decisions that are in service of the person that you want to be. Life is crazy, y'all. Anyway, first DM that I received. Hi, Amber. I'd like to say that your videos have truly helped me in so many ways and have gotten me through my current situation of heartbreak on days I really needed them. I truly value your words, wisdom, outlook, and interpretation of the human experience and have been dying to ask you for advice. I completely understand if you can't respond. Just writing this message is enough for me um, as this constant thought has been eating me alive more than ever lately. I've recently come out of a seven-month situation where I truly cared for this person. We'd talk on the phone for hours and it would be almost every night. We'd also talk during the day. We got to know everything about each other and we'd share music, watch movies, talk about life, etc. I never met him in person, but I truly got attached to him. In the last month, he just became extremely cold and distant, so I knew what that meant. It's like the whole time we were talking, he was actually trying to replace me. Honestly... Throughout the whole situation, he treated me like nothing at times. He would always message me saying, let's call. And when I would reply almost immediately, he would disappear for hours or message me the next day saying he fell asleep when clearly I could see him active. He was always talking to other girls and would lie to me, even though I never brought it up. I never understood it. I wanted him so badly. I just can't understand why he was horrible to me. And I was really depressed throughout most of the situation. Why did I try so hard to keep him? I always thought I had self-respect with this whole situation has made me into someone I can't even recognize. I ended up blocking him for good this time. And it's been nearly a month of no contact or checking his social media. Yet he's still a prominent thought in my head all day. And it's driving me insane. How could I still want this person? Nearly all my thoughts try to trace back to him. I have to admit time has done some healing and I feel more at peace than ever before. It's just this whole situation has made me realize I truly don't know who I am. I don't know how to self-validate. I don't know anything about what truly makes me happy. And it's made me have a true existential crisis. Nothing really brings me joy anymore. I guess what I'm asking you is how do you truly get to know yourself? Because all my thoughts trace back to validation from others. I'm constantly thinking people will think I'm cool slash beautiful slash fun, etc. if I do this. And I've realized that it's all I've ever thought in my life because those thoughts make me happy but it's not real happiness and it ends up making me feel like I'm fake nothing about it is genuine or real when I truly don't want to be not genuine how can I validate myself how can I truly get to know myself I'm so sorry for the long messages and just to dump it all onto you I just wanted to provide some background on my thoughts and feelings so grateful for your content super excited for your podcast I wish you nothing but happiness as you continue your journey through life thank you once again Thank you to this person sending this message. I'm going to let them know that I'm addressing this in this video. And I also wish you nothing but happiness on your journey. I think that this kind of situation is probably familiar to so many of us. And it's crazy how even though maybe the small details of the dynamics that we're in, the core dynamic is similar, you know, like this kind of self-abandonment that we might go through when we become really attached to someone and we 
in a way like don't honor our own boundaries or don't consider where we end and the other person begins or we give more to someone ensure that someone else's needs are met at the expense of our own and it can be really hard when you come out of a situation like that reconciling with the ways in which you've self-abandoned especially when part of the way that you self-identify is as someone who is confident or empowered or or someone who like doesn't really consider themselves as insecure and there's so many different like parts of this I can address and in different ways some may be toxic some may be more helpful I'm going to do my best to give you a well-rounded answer because I think that just cutting to like the healthy helpful part um sometimes doesn't help that much you know everybody has toxic thoughts and I think sometimes you need to entertain them and process them so you can move into the healthier space so I think that like the most important thing is that these kinds of experiences illuminate parts of yourself that you usually don't see and I think that's what romance and falling in love or becoming attached to people in like a dating context does for us because it is so closely linked to our childhood and like our experiences with our parents and that's not something that you really explore as much in friendship or work or like other areas of your conscious life only in romance do all these things usually tend to bubble to the surface in a way that you're not confronted with in those other parts of your life so As painful as these experiences are, I think that they are really important for us in our self-growth, self-development journey. And I think reserving a part of yourself that's like, at least I've been given the opportunity to learn something from this, even when you're in a lot of pain, even when you're like questioning yourself, questioning this person, questioning this relationship. I think that that is like a silver lining in most situations, even if it doesn't really seem like a silver lining when you want to cry and throw up every day, it's still there. I think it's normal to have thoughts about someone who played a big part in your life and is no longer in your life. I definitely used to think like, oh, if I'm not, if I've broken up with someone, then I don't care about them and I don't need to speak to them. Therefore, I don't think about them, but it's normal for the thought of them to cross your mind. I think it's just being self-compassionate when those thoughts come up so that you can observe them, let them pass rather than judging yourself for thinking about this person. Because the more you try to shame yourself for thinking about them, the more those thoughts will compound and come up. They're gonna be like fighting for their life. So it's totally normal for you to think about them. I think one thing this person wrote to me about was how like writing to me already felt cathartic and you know I sound like a broken record but I always talk about how helpful journaling and thought dumping is just writing to yourself about what you're thinking the things that you feel like the most ashamed to write down are the things that you need to write down the most those are the thoughts that you need to expel from your mind and process and I think that taking the time each morning to do that writing about the same thing over and over again when you feel compelled to do so will help you to eventually get to a place where that thought doesn't come up in your mind as much. And this literally happened to me the other day. Like I was thinking about this situation that had happened 
and I was kind of annoyed at myself that it still crossed my mind because I felt like I was over it or I felt like there wasn't anything left to think about, but it was still coming up. And then I sat down, just jotted down what I was thinking and it wasn't even like a long amount. And not until right now when I'm talking about this, am I realizing that I actually haven't thought about it since I wrote it down. And I know that if I didn't write it down, I would still be thinking about it actively. So I think that journaling or thought dumping is a really helpful tool. And then also to link it to like how to better get to know yourself or how to build a healthier self-concept. I try to spend like half of the time just dumping the things that I want to get rid of in my head. And then another half of the time writing like positive affirmations or reflecting on the things that I want to be working towards in whatever aspect of my life it is. And sometimes I only spend five minutes doing this. Sometimes it's 10. And I think sometime this week, I'm going to need like a slightly longer session because I need to untangle some things. But yeah, it's definitely a process. I felt exactly the way this person has felt. The circumstances might have been different, but the feelings are the same. And I think knowing that there are people all over the world as part of the human experience to experience heartbreak, to have this sense of loss, we get caught up on the details of the dynamics um, and the circumstances at play. And we create this like mental prison where we feel like nobody else knows what we're going through. But in reality, everybody experiences heartbreak. It's not something to be ashamed of. And part of your journey is like experiencing the heartbreak and learning how to come out the other end knowing that you're not alone in that experience is really helpful then getting into like the toxic part i think that success is the best revenge and it's not because you're doing things in spite of the person that hurt you but you're using the frustration and the anger that you feel and you're transforming it into like a productive form of energy the longer that you're consistent with building a healthier sense of self when you feel like you're coming from a emotional, spiritual low point, the less you'll care about the person that hurt you or the less the thoughts of that person will haunt you because your energy is just naturally directed elsewhere. And especially when it's directed to things that make you happy and bring you a genuine sense of joy, it's much more difficult for those like less positive experiences to weigh heavily on you because your momentum is focused on moving forward and the thoughts of that person will always come up I'm sure but the frequency and the emotional charge of them will decrease over time as long as you keep putting one foot in front of the other and that's kind of like I don't know, the biggest joke of all is that you just have to put one foot in front of the other. There is no shortcut. There is no magic formula and you don't know how long it might take you. You know, some situations are easier than others to get over and process and some just aren't. And it's going to be different for every person. I think about the way that a lot of people say that they're even more heartbroken over like situations where they didn't really date the person that they were involved with. It wasn't really official. It wasn't even for that long. And I think it's because in those situations, like you just don't have enough information about the other person. Like a crush is a lack of information. Everybody is human at the end of the day. We're all flawed. There's going to be parts of ourselves that are light, parts of ourselves that are dark and I don't know. It's very rare to meet someone that's like truly enlightened. So I think that 
you know, when you're in these like shorter situations or where there isn't like a physical meeting, you're so much more prone to projecting an ideal on this other person. You're filling in all these gaps because you don't have enough actual data from them, from your experience with them. And it can almost be like a bigger fall from grace when it ends because you've placed them on this pedestal without even realizing. And then you see them for who they really are when they mistreat you. And when they don't take accountability for it, it can be so disappointing to think that this person that you pedestaled would treat you like that. But in reality, if you hadn't pedestaled them, if you had more information, if you knew them better, it wouldn't be as surprising in a way, like people who've come out of really long relationships and are just like so over it by the end of it, they've already emotionally checked out. They already know everything about their partner. There's nothing for them to miss if they've been mistreated because they already know what their partner would do, what that person would do. And I think that it's the unknown when it's someone that you aren't, haven't spent that much time with, who you don't really know the ins and outs of, that you're like, You think that there's a part of them that you don't know that can make up for the way that they've mistreated you. Or like if you just had more time, you would be able to make it work. But it just is what it is. In my session with my therapist today, I was reflecting on this situation and like kind of trying to rationalize my way around it by saying like, oh, you know, at the time I wasn't in the right mental space or my circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why I made those sorts of decisions. And she just looked at me and said, there's nothing wrong with you. You keep thinking that, oh, because like you had anxiety at the time or because this and that, but it just is what it is. Like things happen and you've obviously grown and learned from that experience and you're less likely to make the same mistake again if you, you know, take what you've learned in your stride, but there's nothing wrong with you. And, you know, things don't work out and that's just life. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. And it's not like I didn't know that, but I think it's like this natural human urge that we have to be like, why, 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 why? Or to try and come up with a reason. And sometimes there is no reason or like the reason is like, that's just what you went through at the time. What did you learn? How can you move on? And I totally understand this person saying like, you come out of a situation like that and you don't even really know who you are. You sober up from this like hormonal attachment, infatuation, limerence. And you're like, who was I? You don't recognize that person. You don't recognize who you are. And that's normal, you know, happens to everybody. So you're not alone. I'm sorry that I don't have like, you know, I can't say anything that can like package it up for you in a way that that can like turn the clock back so that you didn't experience what you just experienced. Because I think that's kind of what we want sometimes, you know, like I don't want an apology. I just want a time machine because I want to undo the clownery. But that's part of life. You know, sometimes you've got to visit the circus in order to learn a lesson. I think it's great to hear that, you know, doing some healing and allowing time to pass has given them a bit of peace. And I think, you know, the journey of self-validation is ongoing, especially for women. I think 
Honestly, I feel like up until your early 30s, which I'm not yet at, you're just going to have so many different sources of people wanting you to be insecure in this society in a way like people thinking that you expire at the age of 30 can be used to your benefit because then you just don't have to give a fuck anymore and more and more you see women in their 30s 40s 50s who are sliving thriving in the public eye or with like a public presence in a way that you couldn't have seen a few generations ago and I think that self-validation is an ongoing process and for me it's like being able to write affirmations or remind myself of affirmations and just doing things that allow me to feel connected to my body especially I think because a lot of the times like we're just so sedentary in this modern life and you end up just like in your head more than you are in your body so whether it's going for a walk, whether it's doing pole dance, whether it's doing quick yoga, YouTube yoga, all of those things really help me to reconnect with my body. And especially doing things like dance helps you to connect and express your sexuality as a woman in a way that doesn't require like a male witness or like male participation. And I think that for me, now that's like such an empowering thing to do because I honestly feel like a little bit repulsed by men at the moment in in romantic contexts and it's not like I don't believe in love and I think sometimes because I always get questions about dating I feel like is it something that I should care about more in terms of for myself but I just don't so what they asked me is how do you truly get to know yourself and again, it's the journaling, okay, writing to yourself. I've spoken about the six pillars of self-esteem a lot. I think the writing exercises and the prompts in that book are really helpful because they ask you questions that you don't usually get asked in day-to-day life and that you don't really think about. And it can kind of like unearth things about yourself that you just don't really think about, but those answers are within you. So doing that kind of work, I think helps a lot and just trying different things like who you are is less about the way that you can be described and I think more about the way that you carry yourself and that you act towards yourself and others in your life and that's going to accumulate over time and I think that it's also difficult to have like a true understanding of how other people perceive you so I try to focus more on like my experience of myself and my experience of life rather than thinking I need to have like some clear-cut ability to articulate who I am, you know, obviously in like commercial context, I want to be able to have some kind of blurb about things that I've done that are relevant to the work I want to do. But in my life as a whole, separate to just output and production, it's like, there are so many parts of myself that, you know, I used to identify with, I no longer identify with things that I identify with now that I didn't before. And I think allowing myself to just have that change and evolve rather than feeling like super attached to any one label or identity has helped me a lot to just be more present. So I think that when you're in a situation like this, where it's like a breakup, you're kind of like reeling in the past. You're thinking about 
what's happened. You're trying to understand what's happened and you lose connection to the present moment. So doing things that bring you back into the now and allow you to put one foot in front of the other are ways that you can kind of get to know yourself, you know, and it's important to also consider like how you connect with people in general, like making sure that you're spending time with friends or that you are still maintaining like relationships and connections in your life, because that's how you get to know yourself too. Like in the way that you interface with other people, you interact with others, the way you connect with them, people will trigger different parts of you that you aren't going to have triggered when you're just sitting at home by yourself. And part of the human experience is being social and connecting with other people. So yeah, it's just this balance of like doing things externally and then also taking time to like look within and reflect on your experience and just like make tweaks here and there and have self-compassion. There's no reason why you need to know exactly who you are at any given stage in your life, especially when you've gone through a breakup. It's like, or any kind of like major transition phase, being patient with yourself is so important. And I think that in my mind, I want to believe that things only take like two weeks. They only take like three months. But in reality, I think for me to be able to look back at a certain point in my life and really feel like a different person, it takes six months to a year. For me personally, okay, and I'm not saying that's going to be true for everyone, but I think when you give yourself more time or when you give yourself just the space rather than thinking that you need to be over it tomorrow, you need to be over it next week, just give yourself space to process as it comes. There's going to be days where you feel so free, you don't think about anything that's painful, and then there's going to be some days where it hits you and you're like in your feelings again, and that's okay. Life and progress is not actually linear, It's more like a sort of spiral (laughs) and, you know, a wiggly line. You can go this way, that way. But I think the awareness and the intention that you apply is going to determine the quality of your experience. When you are completely disconnected from yourself and your experience and your feelings, you really drag out the amount of time that it might take you to process something because it will have to be processed eventually it will have to be confronted eventually and giving yourself space so that you can allow it to come in smaller doses I think is more manageable than just like gunning along and then having it hit you like a tsunami later that's just my personal approach you know I was talking to someone about our existential crises our midlife crises or quarter life crises And I said that I feel like I just have like mini existential crises on a regular basis. It's like I microdose crisis because I have accepted that like I'm very easily triggered emotionally. It's not like I'm triggered and then I'm angry and I lash out, but it's like, I don't know, I can get in my feelings very quickly. Pisces moon vibes. And it's better for me to allow those feelings in the moment and then process them or release them rather than shame myself for it or deny myself like processing it and then god knows what happens if I don't address it you know because it's going to come out eventually and then when you allow it to compound you don't even know why you're sad anymore you don't even know what's triggered it so I think that being able to confront and process a breakup as it's happening is 
a really courageous thing to do because there are a lot of people who just kind of try to push it to the side and move forward and then you know the person that they're longing over is over it and they're only just starting to process that's a huge l and i think as you allow time to pass you have more perspective when you've been active in your own life and you've taken the energy that you directed to that relationship back to yourself you can gain new perspectives instead of thinking you have to understand everything straight away live your life reflect here and there and answers will come to you in more natural and organic ways with less frustration than if you're like determined to get over it in a week in two weeks so self-compassion is really important and existential crises are great you know like i'm not the person that i am because i've not had a mental breakdown at all you know i've had a lot of moments and periods in my life where i felt extremely lost where i felt like things weren't going to get better and i've been lucky enough to stay alive to just see the other end and i think that that's kind of what life is about you know we think that there's all these shortcuts we think there's a linear path we think that everyone's doing better than us we think that success is the absence of failure when in reality your success comes from your ability to overcome failure your ability to love and appreciate love also comes from the loss of it as well there's no way that you can really know what love is if you haven't had your heart broken you know and i've talked about this before like i didn't really understand what love songs were really about or i couldn't really connect with them until i was actually heartbroken and disappointed by a man and then you know music takes on a whole different experience so it's okay to feel the way that you feel and there's nothing wrong with you like if we can't get an answer from the other person we think the answer has to come from us and that we have to have a reason for why we did what we did and you can analyze it because like oh the circumstances you were in the mental space you were in the relationship you had with your parents blah 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 blah, blah. like those thoughts have value too but at the end of the day it's like well it's happened and like nothing can last forever no matter how much we wish or we hope that it would and i think even for me as a woman like who enjoys being single and who enjoys and values her freedom, I think I've still been conditioned with the idea that, you know, you meet a person and then you don't have to date ever again. Like the person that you've fallen in love with is the person that you're going to end up with. And that's not necessarily the case. And just because some people have taken that path in life doesn't mean that they're happy. And I think on some level, knowing that you might have to confront heartbreak more than once before your death is depressing. But why have one boyfriend when you can have four? So finding a balance between healing and then also doing and then also just like distracting yourself and having fun, you know, you don't need to take everything so seriously all the time. And I think that it's just this bouncing around rather than thinking like one period is defined by healing only. And then you can't do anything that's going to compromise your healing. Part of healing is also just living your life, not letting the negative experiences in your life determine whether or not you have a good time moving forward. I think that's 
a really powerful way to move through difficult periods of your life there's going to be moments of grace where you're like not thinking about what weighs on you so heavily all the time and you're just able to enjoy the moment that's what's most important I guess you know like the past doesn't need you anymore it's over and you can move forward and it's scary sometimes because the person that you imagined as part of your future is not there anymore so now you have to come up with a new future but that's also exciting so there's many different feelings you can have at one given time and I think opening yourself up to those contradictions and the paradoxes that exist in your experience is quite freeing and it allows you to just observe rather than feel like everything has to be boxed in into a specific label or into a specific experience those are my thoughts side note is i would say don't get involved with people like don't talk to people for more than a few weeks without meeting them in person i get that like you know Sometimes when we feel lonely, you get attention from someone, even if they're not in the same place as you, it can feel really good. And it almost feels safer than if you had to meet someone in person and really confront like their humanness and like any flaws that they have or you have. But I think that it's normal to have experiences like that because it seems quite common because I get asked a lot of questions or I have people describe a lot of situations like that where you are kind of in this like virtual relationship but don't do it it's not worth it you know we spend enough time online for work for pleasure for entertainment you don't need your love life to be online too I think that being able to have offline connections and relationships is so valuable in a world that is constantly trying to mine our attention and keep us on the internet. Avoid virtual relationships. I understand if you are in a relationship that has to be temporarily long distance, that's a different thing, but I would recommend, strongly recommend against starting a relationship and continuing a relationship just through message and FaceTime. Um, You need to be in person, you know. Maybe you can deal with not being in person, but I hope that my thoughts on that situation made sense. Let's move on to the next one. Next question slash situation, also semi-romance related. Hey Amber, just wanted to say a big thank you for your TikTok videos. I honestly could relate to so many of your videos, which shows how often men, or shall I say boys, lack absolute accountability, self-awareness, etc. in relationships, and it really fucked me up, to be honest. I also had a part in it, ignoring the red flags, believed he would change, etc., and gave up all my streams of joy for the relationship to be the only stream of joy, and I definitely don't want to do that ever again. As if the breakup wasn't messy and hurtful, he then posted on his IG basically blaming me for not being close to his loved ones and couldn't be himself, etc. I blocked him to really start my self-healing journey. I just had a question about attachment and dating. I found that I struggled to casually date or date multiple people through apps like we do in this generation. I really 
do want to be not so serious all the time and be able to just meet people and defs not get attached to unhealthy people. I'm not looking to date right now, but when I'm ready, I would love to start working towards this. So when I am ready, I don't build attachment too quickly or to someone who doesn't meet my standards. The thing about love and relationships is that you really can't predict who you're going to meet when you're going to meet them and whether or not you'll be attracted to them and what it is about them that you're going to find attractive. I think that's like the craziest thing because, you know, I've seen the hottest women of my generation fucked over by very mediocre men. And it's wild to think that they were able to see something in them. And I'm talking about myself included. I think when it comes to like romance and dating, I've did like a and meeting people and it being casual. I think I did a podcast episode on flirting and just having crushes and allowing yourself to just have crushes. Like not all attraction has to become a relationship. Not all not all attraction has to have meaning. You know, sometimes it's just fun to crush on someone and then move on with your life. You know, you don't have to pursue every like hormonal feeling you have. You can just enjoy it. And I think that I personally don't use dating apps. I don't have any immediate plans to get on them. I think if you enjoy the experience of dating apps, that's great. Continue using them. If you don't enjoy the experience of dating apps, don't pressure yourself into using them. Unfortunately, that means you're going to have to go out more probably if you want to meet people. But doing that also gets you out of your comfort zone, puts you in contact with people that you might not just find through the algorithm. And... You know, you just never know what will happen. I think that for me, I definitely appreciate like male friendships a lot more recently because I haven't felt the need to be dating and you just see a different side of the gender that you would otherwise be attracted to in a completely platonic way. And I think that's also an important part of getting yourself ready, I guess, to date, like being able to humanize men. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, I don't like dating multiple people at once, really. And it's because I don't feel like I need to settle down anytime soon. Like it's this this like weird paradox of like, I don't really feel the need to settle down, but I also don't want to be dating around. So I feel like if I am dating, I have to be serious, but I don't really care if it's not serious anyway. I don't know. And I also just think I haven't met the right person. So then I just kind of stop caring. You know, those thoughts might swirl around in my head for like two minutes and then I'll be like, well, whatever. (laughs) So that's how I deal with it. I wish I could give you better advice, but there's no reason why you can't just go out, flirt a little, enjoy the attention. Maybe the people that you talk to or you get to know, you don't seem that compatible with. That's okay. Just enjoy it. You know, I think we have developed such rigid ideas around love and romance. It stops being fun and it becomes so clinical and so like transactional when you can just be vibing, you know, when it comes to maintaining your own standards, it's just continuing to have time to yourself where you check in with what you want, where you're at. And if you feel like you're making decisions that are in line with the person that you want to be and you know sometimes you don't make 
the perfect decision, the right decision. And that's okay. That's an opportunity for a lesson. And just doing what feels authentic to you. You know, I personally don't feel like dating apps are authentic to me. That's okay. There are lots of people, as much, as many people as there are on dating apps, there are lots of people that aren't on dating apps. There's no one size fits all when it comes to meeting people, when it comes to dating, when it comes to romance. So I think that as long as you have an open mind to the things that feel authentic to you, you don't have to worry about what other people are doing. You know, like I've met most of the people that I've been romantically involved with off dating apps. I can only think of one instance where it was on a dating app and that was many years ago. So it's not like it's impossible. Maybe you don't get as much attention or validation from having notifications come upon your phone when it comes to matches, but that's all very superficial anyway. You know, like it's fine if you enjoy that, but if that's meaningless to you, don't feel like you have to give a shit about it. That's just my thoughts. But yeah, I'm going to leave today's episode here because I have a meeting. But thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that something that I said today resonated with you in some way, even if it was like, wow, that makes no sense. And whatever I've been thinking makes more sense than that. I'm going to take that as a win. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, feedback, leave a comment on you in YouTube. Send me a message leave a response in the audio poll question box thingy. I hope everyone is doing well. Drink lots of water. Tell your friends and family that you love them. Stay hot and having fun. Go be a better person. Love you so much. My God, these planes. I'll speak to you soon.